Hey, gang. <laughs> that just dripped with sincerity. <laughs> so, Stephen J. Dubner, author of Freakonomics and a billion other books. AJ Jacobs, author of Drop Dead Healthy and a billion other books. Welcome to Question of the Day. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And the forthcoming book, AJ, is It's All Relative. That's right. right. By all the way, about well, the on, that, on that one, I know you have a question, Stephen. Nice interruption, though. I you gotta, didn't wait long for that one. I'm going <laughs> to ask you a question. I want to ask the audience if they really think that in general— Just so you know, they can't talk back to us. <laughs> I know, but they can right. tweet back. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know if you think knowing all your relatives makes the world a more peaceful or a more angry place. That's a good I think question. I took a picture a few months ago of my two daughters, like being very, you know, nice with each other, like they were hugging each other. And I just took it because I wanted to remind them later <laughs> when they're 30 and 40 years old, whatever, <laughs> when they start eventually fighting like most siblings or many siblings I know do, that I can show them this picture to remind them that they once loved each oh, other. That's as a nice girls. idea. And it's so, a nice idea, especially now, for blackmail purposes if you need it. Exactly. So, which I probably will. You need everything in life. So, AJ, I have... Three questions um, for you. One is a big one about the project you're working on, and then two are much smaller ones um, that are maybe related to the project you're working on based on something you mentioned when we talked earlier about Ellis Island and, and studying up on Ellis Island, which, of course, was the portal for many immigrants to this country. And I'm guessing, I don't know, did your did your people come through Ellis Island, James, as far my, as you know? My people did, at least one or two of them. Did your people Absolutely. come through, right, as, as yeah. did mine. So we, we owe a lot to that place. And also, just a plug for Ellis Island, for people who've never visited, I think it's one of the best museums in America, for, for sure, because it is one of the few museums in America. You know, we're not like Europe or Asia where our history is so old. We don't have that many places to go where the thing actually happened and stand in the building where it happened. You know, mm. we don't have the castles and the palaces and whatnot. And, right. Um, it's remarkable. You come in there and you stand and you look out the windows onto Hudson Bay and they still have literally like the desks and lecterns that the inspectors were stood behind. You can stand in that line and feel. And there's that those long hallways where you'd go down into the medical inspection rooms. It's, it's an I awesome— I have not been in a long— do they make you stand in line? Because that would be delayed. You, like, do they inspect you? Do they do like so try to do that? So this leads to one of my questions, and I'm hoping you know the answer to this. Because I seem to recall from when I once did a tour there with my kids when they were little, all these diseases that they looked for. How many were there? Right, 190. Okay, and one of them was masturbation, apparently. <laughs> right, exactly. And one poor guy. Like that's hard to explain to your family back home. Like, why <laughs> no, were you sent back? Well, America. I'm sure he could say, well, um, it looked like I had that's an ulcer. True. Yeah, but yeah. now it's like in the public record. There you so. go. So America, which was an extremely open-armed uh, nation to immigrants for in in fits and starts, obviously. Um, they did want to make sure that people weren't coming in and spreading disease and so on. So they had, you know, lots of doctors and nurses on staff there. And one thing that I recalled reading was that one of the exams was to use this tool that basically you'd stick right up to someone's eye and would kind of lift up their eyelid to look for some disease that was either in the eye or that could be seen through the eye. And this was just considered pro forma good health inspection, right? But as it turns out, 
those things weren't disinfected. And so therefore, they did a great job of spreading eye disease among the people who came in. Because if you got one sick person, then the next 20-whatever right. would get it. And that's why we all wear glasses today. That's right. Interesting to prevent. Uh, but AJ, you're not wearing. I used to wear glasses. Mm. I, I went to contacts. About- I went to contact. And you know what? That I went to con not to take things off in a different direction, but I went. Oh, but that's fine, though. We always go in a different direction. All right. But very quickly, because I do want to get back to this uh, eye disease. I um, I did an experiment where I wore Google Glass for a month, and they would not give me the Google Glass with my glasses because they thought it looked too dorky to have the double <laughs> right, glass. Right, because Google Glass is not dorky enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like, it's like super cyborg. duper dorky. Uh, so they made me get contact lenses, and I liked them so much that I... I How would you enjoy Google Glass? Well, there were parts I did enjoy. I mean, it was... My my uh, article was about doing all the things you should not do with Google Glass. So they, um, I, I cheated at poker using mm. Google Glass. How'd you cheat? I had my friends over, and I had... My cousin, who was a professional poker player in Vegas, I had him on my little screen. He could see what I oh, was. Boy. Yeah. Well, he could see the other people's faces and my hand. And you're playing Texas Hold'em, so Texas we could see Hold'em. the. Okay. And, and he would tell me what to do. He would like hold up a sign, say, you know, go all in. Would it often be different decisions than you would have done? Oh otherwise? yeah, no, he was. It was. How'd you do then? I mean, it was remarkable. It was a very successful. I like cleaned up. Did you? Were you playing uh, with friends, strangers? I was. Fr- I they mean, knew you were cheating then. Not until the end. They just thought because I had been wearing the Google S, but I I did refund their money. You know, I felt that was important. You're such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, it, that was very successful. And then some were not as successful. Like I had some 20, I'm old and married, but they, I had some 22-year-old guy go into a, a bar and try to pick up women. He was wearing the Google Glass, and I could see the women, and he would ask them their name, and then I would Google oh, them, nice. and I would like try to feed Creepy, him. but nice. Totally That's pretty creepy. cool. Did, so, he, like, did it work? That's well, like the ultimate wingman. Yes, it worked in the in. Well, people were interested. One woman, like uh, I found her, and like that she had gone to some lobster festival the year before on Instagram. So, so we wouldn't say like, I think I met you. What would you say more like? How do you feel I love about lobster. seafood? Like, yeah, that? he would be like, Have you ever been to the lobster festival in uh, Nantucket or something? Yeah, and she was freaked out. So mm. it did not like end up with him having coitus with her. But so in that sense, Does, it was do not people successful. Say that still, Quite. it just isn't. I know. I just want to. I want to keep it classy for like your it. podcast. Or, I don't or want just medical. Have, yeah, we might yeah. have to bleep coitus. I don't know. <laughs> Let's all say it a few more times. Nathan, just to bleep coitus? coitus. Coitus. You have to bleep coitus. Not okay. coitus interruptus, but <laughs> completed. Coitus completus <laughs> is uh, all right. Not well, allowed. So it's okay. Uh, did, did he get her phone number though? Uh, no, not at all. But uh, but I had a good time. So I think in that sense, it was successful. Uh, but anyway, back to, yeah, to the maybe question. Yeah, no, I mean, I know you said you've been looking at uh, what happens I have happens not heard Ellis that, Island. but that is fascinating. All right, another that, Ellis Island question I want to yeah. ask you. And this is, again, something that I feel is a half-truth in my mind. And maybe you'll know. And I think you have a good chance of knowing whether this is truth or not, true or not. Many people say when they have a name, a last name that is very different from their uh, surname back in the old country, whatever the old country was, many people say, well, 
you know, we, it's the grandparents who say it, we loved our names, Shimolevsky or Antonelli, (laughs) whatever, but at Ellis Island, they made us change it. From what I learned a while back is that's almost always a myth because Ellis Island had these inspectors there who could actually read and write, and they had translators in many languages, and you come in with papers with your name. So what do you know about the last name change? That then? is exactly what I found. Uh, it's a total myth mm-hmm. that like people did change their name, including my parents. I mean, my grandparents were what was Jacobowitz. It? Jacobowitz. They took out the wits. So, uh, uh, But yeah, it's Ellis Island. Uh, they did a lot of things wrong. They, they spread eye disease, and, <laughs> and they would... I just... One of the things was there was one inspector in particular who was a total lech and he would ask about the sex lives and apparently if it was a french immigrant he like went nuts because was, they were advanced so wait well, so this this guy what what would he do when he found out uh the immigrant was french would he try to like get the get woman off to the side <laughs> get, her phone, get her telegram number i don't know he uh yeah he would just grill them and he got in trouble like he got he got reprimanded because there were not everyone was a lech, you know. There How was this history people. known? Uh, there was congressional hearings about the treatment of immigrants because wow. some were treated terribly and some were— And you know what else I found interesting is the first boat to come into Ellis Island was 60% Russian Jews and then a smattering of others. But they were very publicity-savvy, so they knew they wanted to show— Oh, Ellis Island, it's friendly. We're bringing in some nice uh, new people. Uh, so they, the first one, they made orchestrated. So the first w- person off the boat was this cute 12-year-old Irish girl <laughs> and not some, like, mm. bearded old Jew who didn't speak English. What percentage overall was Jews versus French versus English? Versus- well, it varied, and I can't remember. But, like, there were waves so before Ellis Island was where then? So all the immigrants, Irish, German, et cetera, on and on that came earlier. There was uh, there was another island that they had, but then they moved Statue it. Statue of Liberty Island? No, but this was one of my favorite facts from that book was that they were going to have Ellis Island on Statue of Liberty Island, but they— the Real estate was too pricey by then? It was more that the guy who had created the Statue of Liberty— came out against it and said it would be a desecration of his artwork. So he was all about, let the huddled masses in on Emma Lazarus. Not on my island. But just not on Interesting. <laughs> like, wow, that is the most... kind of cool facts. Hypocritical. He seems like the most hypocritical. You know the great thing person. about the Ellis Island website is you can see the paperwork you're like grandfather or great-grandfather or whatever filled out and like where he was going to stay and who he was going to stay with. So it's a good resource for kind of tracking down your ancestors. Yeah, and I feel that you have gone back to the Ellis Island experience because you've j- yes. just given away all of, you're like a homeless immigrant. I'm in my personal diaspora right now. Right. So I have no address. How's it working for you? People say, oh, it must be really freeing. I can't tell you if it's freeing or not yet. And I, where are you different. now? I don't need the address because I don't want your fans to uh, attack you. But I've been at four different places in the past four days. So, and are they friends' houses? Or are they B and B's? Sometimes, no. Not I've done no. Um, I've only done one transaction. I just I stayed in a hotel one night because I was traveling, but I didn't pay for it. I was speaking at a conference, so, so it's usually just friends. Yeah, if somebody is not someplace if, who I know, then I'm I usually stay there. I'm trying an experiment where I spend zero money. 
I I'm doing my own experimentation. You you are welcome to stay at my my apartment. You already told me your Barack Obama's welcome, but not me. I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize that you were seriously just going from friend to right, friend. Well, I might take you up on that. All right, it is. I you heard it here. It is an official invitation. I'll be the witness. <laughs> Take a moment to listen to this message while we figure out where this answer is headed. I can tell you this for a fact from experience. Building a website can be tough. And even if you know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need a website. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required, which is key. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust them as well. I personally used to own a company that made websites for entertainment companies. And I got out of the game once great companies like Squarespace started making great-looking websites so easily. I could no longer charge $75,000 for a site that basically you could now do almost for free. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website. What are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, though, make sure to use the offer code QUESTION to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Question of the Day. We thank Squarespace for your support of Question of the Day. Squarespace, you should. AJ, I do have one more question for you about your family re- i mean is it fa- it's not is it fair to call it a family reunion book or is it beyond that it's about family family in okay, general family. yeah so but- here's here's the thing does it strike you as weird that we have such allegiances to family members especially you know not not so much like parents or our own offspring cuz those i get are are naturally intense right but especially siblings or let's say cousins and aunts and uncles basically everybody but the parents and offspring even though at root it's really mostly DNA holding us together. So, like, I could see where you might say, well, if you grow up in the same household with the same experiences and parents like siblings do, right. then that's a lot of shared experience. But it doesn't really apply to many cousins, aunts, uncles, and so on, and especially with what you're doing, which is you're bringing together people who are much more distantly related. So I'm curious, you know, why there are many things that all of us would do or feel obliged to do at least for family. Right. That we would not feel obliged to do even for friends, even if we like them a lot more than the family or even for strangers sometimes. So tell me what you've learned so far about those familial bonds and obligations that surprised you. Well, I would say, first of all, there's evolutionary reasons why we treat our family better because we want to preserve the DNA, even if it's not our DNA, it's similar to our DNA. Hey, let me ask you along those lines what you've been learning about family. Obviously, there have been matriarchies throughout history and so on. 
What have you learned about kind of the change over time of the, I don't, I don't want to call it the power necessarily of the woman in the family, whether it's the mom or the grandma versus the father or the grandpa, not the power necessarily, but the kind of as the center of gravity. And is that fairly universal or do you find it really differs a lot from culture I to culture? I find I have done some research on this. Um, what to me is interesting is uh, that the the father, mother, and 2.3 kids, I I do think is a social construct. I have nothing against social constructs. Sometimes they're great, but it definitely has changed over the years. Uh, and one of my favorite facts is the um, that in some tribes, uh, the idea of paternity was much less clear and that there was sort of, instead of one man uh, being the father, the idea was that the woman built up a critical mass of semen hmm. from different fathers, and she could get different uh, mix and match. You're saying? Well, you she could, could get yeah. like character. So she like sleeps with the 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 strongest guy in mm. the tribe to get strength for her baby. Ah. The funniest guy and uh, where does this the, tradition? You guys, you guys would score. No, nah, you would be. You would do great. You'd, All you'd, three of us, maybe. Clean up. Where, where, what kind of what century are we talking about? What kind of uh, culture are we talking about that embraced well, this thought? Since. Uh, since uh, fact checking is, I mean, it do- sounds kind of Norse to me <laughs> what you're describing. But am I way off? In Norse? The- no, yeah. it sounds like I'm pretty sure it was African. Oh, okay. It was African, Good like nineteenth century. Good but to know. I don't know why we nineteenth century. We're, we're racist in like every possible. No, way I, w- I was thinking Norse because it's like I get a little bit of Frigg's this and a little bit of Thor's that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's what pantheons are for. Obviously, it could have been Greek or Roman too. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. That's one of the reasons why you know in Judaism the 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 religion passes down through the mother, not the father for the reason that you always know who the mother of the child oh, is. Oh, right. Whereas the, the paternity may be questionable. So, yeah. therefore... Mother's baby, father's maybe. Oh, nice. That's the phrase. You didn't make that up, did you? I did not make you that know, up. You uh, know, it wasn't Mother's Day that long ago. I think that would be a beautiful Mother's Day uh, <laughs> card sentiment, don't you think? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, then, uh, originally, when I started this project, the estimate was like 10% of babies were not by the father they thought. They, and now? They call them non-paternal events is the uh-huh. euphemism. But I think it's gone down to about three. The, wait, the research is I, at about three I thought 3%. with 23andMe and like all this genetic testing that an abnormally high number of people now are finding out that their fathers are not related to them. Yes, that is a problem. <laughs> is I, do you know any? Is that a myth, or is that? Do you know anyone where that's actually no, no, occurred? that I've had emails from people saying that this has happened to them, and I've read it. So it is going to be um, a bigger and bigger issue, uh, but it's not ten percent. It's only three percent. Inter- it's interesting. I was expecting you to say it was higher, just because it sounds like the kind of story that we hear these days. I wish it worked. No, I'm, you know, I'm happy it's not. I'll, yeah, you're I'll right. be honest, though. You're right. I'll yeah. be honest, though. This discussion, like, kind of stresses me out for some reason. Really? Because I was thinking what's nice about this news is that if for whatever reason, even if only momentarily, anyone is unhappy with their alleged paternity, they could imagine that it's not actually real. That's a nice thought. And, and also, it's a very nice th- thought that you're... You could think, like, <laughs> my, father, my father was probably... Franco Harris or Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> Confessions of a Hero or Caligula. by Stephen W. Have I you loved ever read it. that book? I loved it. <laughs> Great book. And now we know the truth. <laughs> we'll answer another question tomorrow. Hear what it is right after this. 
Today's episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 support. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code QUESTION at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, you should. Join us next time on Question of the Day, which will sound something like this. Will you forgive me for misrepresenting the running score of our lifelong backgammon match? Have you been misrepresenting the score? I discovered it just this morning. Before we came to tape. You've had me like really scared and horrified because I swear the match score is two to one, correct? No, you're also wrong.